All right, welcome back to the practice squad. This week we had the number one seed Bucks get hit by a speeding dump truck driven by Jimmy Butler. We had the Denver Nuggets look like they're going to try and come back from another 3-1 deficit. We have the Boston Celtics taking out the Toronto Raptors in a game seven. Mine needs to pick is gone. And the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Houston Texans in game one of the NFL season. Okay, you can breathe now. I did. I got it out there. Yeah, that was very high risk. Not a lot of not a lot of things happened in sports this week, did they? No, I mean just all of the things happened in sports this week. <laughs> you didn't even mention the Yankees just collapsing. Well, you know, I tend to forget about baseball, like most Americans. American pastime is now a thing of the past. American pastime has been football for the last twenty-five years. Pretty much, yeah. So that's why we're going to be talking about the NFL today. But first, we want to talk about the dump truck driven by Jimmy Butler. For real, the Bucks. I mean, it's an easy analogy to make of deer in the headlights, but I've never seen a one seed just get routed like that in the second round. Yeah, it was like they had decided after game two, it's like, yeah, you know, I think we're just going to roll over. Besides that spirited Chris Middleton performance when Giannis got hurt in game four, that's pretty much what they did. Well, I'm going to put my, my tinfoil conspiracy hat on for a second and just say that I think it's possible that Giannis may have pulled a Kevin Durant circa 2015 and decided already that he ain't playing in Milwaukee next year and didn't really care what happened this year. So, but here's the thing. His contract isn't up for until the year after next. Oh, he'll, yeah, but he can inform them and say, hey, trade me so you get something out of me. You think he's going to Carmelo Anthony then? I think he's not going to Gordon Hayward then. That would be nice for the Bucks. But then you'd have to be asking yourself, what are you going to trade for Giannis? And that's a whole other can of worms. It's a very a can of very high-value worms. MVP-level worms. Listen, I don't have to make that decision, and I'm fine that I don't have to make that decision. If I was the Bucks, though, I'm going to be talking with him like real candidly. Like, hey, are you leaving? Let us know. Don't Gordon Hayward us. Is that what you're going to call it? I mean, that's like the it's, LeBron it's the decision. The best, it's the best analogy I can think of. Because, yes, LeBron's decision was the same exact thing, except for a little bit worse because ESPN. But Gordon Hayward did it to me. He did. He did it to us. It felt personal. He just signaled out, hey, Joe Wild. That's what it felt like. <laughs> You're the reason I'm leaving. And also, Gordon Hayward with that freaking six-week sprained ankle. Settle down, son. That was, that was like a grade two, and everybody knows it. You can talk about that. Oh, it was a really bad sprain. Mm-hmm. Not one. I heard the doctor said that the nerve was damaged in his foot. Yeah. He needed to rest, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Needed sure the, to rest. and sure the doctor would say that. It was the same doctor that told John Wally he had a ruptured Achilles. <laughs> During he fell down the stairs. Yeah. In his house. Big old air quotes on uh, that, too. Tinfoil hat's staying on for the first portion of this episode. I'm all about the NBA conspiracy theories. So here's my conspiracy theory for the John Wall thing. I think he was at, like, a rave or something, and he was jumping up and down, getting his Jersey Shore on, when his Achilles popped. That would be the worst possible way to break your Achilles. Or the best. Also, you know they don't pop, right? Yes. A ruptured Achilles doesn't mean, like, it, like, popped. A rupture is, a ruptured Achilles is the same as a torn Achilles. Yeah, it's like they cut a really tight string, and it's, whoop. It's gross. Yeah, it's the thing that keeps your foot attached to your leg. Yeah, it's really gross when yeah. it pops. It's bad when it goes. Yeah. 
Might as well go while you're getting your Jersey Shore on. Hmm. All right. Well, while we're talking about conspiracies, why don't we talk about the game we literally just finished watching, which was Toronto losing in a Game 7 to Boston, uh, meaning that our Eastern Conference pick is not going to be correct. It is not. Alas. But while we're talking about, you know, conspiracies, Scott Foster with a fantastically crappy call at the end of the game to send Kyle Lowry out of the game, to foul out Kyle Lowry. And ultimately, that was, you know, a big part of the Raptors not being able to win. Yeah, because if you look at the series, Kyle Lowry has been the one to make the most clutch plays down the stretch. Whether it's forcing overtimes, sitting at place for other people, or getting his own bucket, he, everything the Raptors do revolves around him and his playmaking on defense and on offense. So to not, not have him in the game when they're down by two, hitting the last minute and a half, that call swung the series in it, the game. It ended the series, in my opinion. Effectively. Um, and, I mean, as much as I do love him, it, Pascal Siakam was just shut down this entire series. He played like garbage tonight. Like It looked like he was scared to take the ball to the basket. He was... Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say it, but yes, he did look timid. He looked timid, and then whenever he actually tried anything, he usually ended up coughing the ball to the other team. He's like, here! Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he can learn from that, and uh, next season we'll see a little bit more confidence and aggression from him. Yeah, I mean, every single great player has those moments. Uh, Steph Curry lost 2016 finals. Uh, Magic, when he lost that finals after winning the MVP that year to, to the Celtics. There's different things that happen to the different players that teach them lessons and, and help them grow. So, Pascal Siakam, here's some miracle grow. And not any roundup, because that causes cancer. And we hope you grow like a beautiful, young Torontoan flower. Yeah. You like that metaphor? No, you did not. You hated that metaphor. It really didn't. Um... Okay, and also we do have some second round playoffs still happening because tomorrow night, the well, tomorrow night from when we're recording this, the Lakers will beat Houston and send them home. Yep. Pretty confident in that. I'm very confident in that. Houston after game one has just looked ugly. Uh, and then we will have a game six because the Nuggets trying to come back from 3-1 again. I feel like they wait until they're down 3-1 to really start playing. Well, they were down by 16 in the fourth quarter, or in the second half tonight. Yeah. Came back and won that one. They did, and I just want to say, like, if you were in the International Space Station, if you're like one of those Google Map satellites, you, you would be able to see the cojones of Michael Porter Jr. from space. <laughs> because he took his made his first shot of the game with a minute and a half left. They're only up by two, and that three-pointer swings the game in the Nuggets' favor. And then he has a blocked and made free throws on the next two possessions to put the Nuggets up for good. And put the, make the lead safe. He put, took the lead. He's like, all right, don't, come with me. We're going to the safe house. And put it in the safe house. Well, and that big three that he hit at the end of the game, it wasn't a wide-open three. That was a heavily contested three with Lou Williams guarding him. Yeah, that little man was all up in that big guy's grill, that big young man's grill. And, I mean, if you missed it, Michael Porter Jr. put Montrez Harrell on a poster, sixth man of the year that by the way getting yammed on by the rookie that photo i shared it to our, our group chat we have with our buddies uh the Kawhi's face when he's seeing the dunk in person is my reaction to it as well <laughs> it's a look of astoundment that's right i don't know if that was a word but i just made it one astoundment 
and just awe. Shock and awe. It was so dope. It made Kawhi do a hard reset. Yes. <laughs> he did, it put the Terminator in a power cycle. That's what it did. Yeah, I think the Clippers came back and to won that game. <laughs> After that dunk, too. Kawhi's like, oh, hell no. I'm you know, taking the game. You know what would be best is if you could put, like, the Microsoft, like, startup noise sound effect in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's how Kawhi resets. Like, yeah. Windows 96. Yes. All right, well, let's... So we know who's coming out of the East now. Or we know who's going to be in the ECF. Yes. And neither one of us really expected it. The Heat and the Celtics. Yeah, I thought the Celtics... Because the whole Kemba thing was a question mark, and uh, I just didn't know if the roster was gonna be able to put up clutch plays and and do the things that they did to make it to where they're at. It, it's pretty crazy that how they handled Toronto. I, I was expecting Toronto to win in like five or six, honestly, because of their experience and their talent. But Boston really showed them the business, and it was really behind the power of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Baskin's defense was pretty pretty amazing in that game right there. Marcus Smart, actually, and I know Jason Tatum had 30 points, but the player who really won the Celtics the game and got them in, back in the game in the first place was Marcus Smart. Magus. Yeah. Magus Smart. I, I know I just talked up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and they put the ball in the basket, and they're pretty solid defenders in their own right, but Marcus Smart is a defender for his size that I don't think – has really any comparison in the NBA besides probably Kyle Lowry. Because I, I saw him, he almost has like the eyes in the back of his head for whenever a forward is driving into the lane, he's going to kick it out to a guard. And he just always, with the left hand, with the right hand, whatever one needs to, he just snags the ball and chucks it down the court for a transition basket. He does have incredible vision. And also, every single player on the Celtics, it seems like, has a fun name to say with a Boston accent. Tackle fall. <laughs> I kind of went Kennedy on that one. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I mean, just do the uh, just let's do the Kennedys of the Boston Celtics. Let's hear it. Carson Edwards and Grant Williams, two rookies. Both of them looked well in the NCAA tournament last year. Taco Fall, my God, is he tall? You ought to call him Taco Tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much. No, that's, that's funny it's too much. Well. <laughs> hey. So, Mr. Kennedy, what do you think when you see Taco Fall and 5'10 Carson Edwards next to each other? It's mind-blowing. I had to do it. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> I had to do it. It's been 60 years. I had to do it. Well, I'll save you, Mr. President. <laughs> uh, shout out Umbrella Academy in Diego. Yes. Oh, man. But, okay. Transitioning to the West. We already talked about it. Lakers almost certainly going to end it with... Houston tomorrow. I've never seen a player so talented just be so willing to disappear in the last three minutes of a game at James Harden. Oh, three minutes is a little bit. Okay, last eight minutes of a game. Yeah. I mean... It's like, oh, oh alright. It's like the Homer Simpson receding into the bush gif. It's like that. I wonder if James Harden is like a little bit like... I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's almost like he's got a little bit of uh, stage fright. If, if that makes sense. Like when it's really big, a really big moment, is when he develops that. It's either the stage fright or it's the, I don't want to be blamed for this, but for me it's like the bystander thing where it's like, if you do nothing, that's a conscious decision and you have some of the blame. 
I mean, a lot of players go to see sports psychologists. Might not be a bad idea for James Harden, honestly. Yeah. Because it it's really not a matter of opinion. At least I don't feel like it's a matter of opinion. I think we see a lot of evidence that he really does just fall off in the fourth quarter of a lot of big games. And maybe he keeps seeing himself, this is my year, this is my time, and then when the time comes, it's like, ah, ne next year. James Harden's going to have to get a ring soon. And when I say soon, I mean like the next two seasons. Or it's not going to come for a long time. Yeah. And it's going to come when he's like a bench player in his late 30s. Yeah, or he's a coach, but yeah. he doesn't strike me as a coach or front office guy. I wouldn't see him as that, no. No. So, James Harden, uh, hate playing against you. Uh, gotta get a ring or you're gonna be uh, guard Carl Malone for the rest of all time. Not a bad not a bad category to be in, though, for being honest. No. As far as guys did not have rings. <laughs> yeah. One of the greatest statistical players of all time, ringless. And lastly, I know I kind of joked about it. Obviously, the Nuggets just came back from down 3-1 against the Jazz. Do they have a chance coming back 3-1 against the Clippers? I want to say yes, but ultimately, I think it's no. I think the Clippers are just too talented. Yeah, and I, I really think the Clippers uh, snatched defeat from the Jazz victory today. Giving up the 16-point lead again. Yeah, and not only that, they, they had the Nuggets, like, bamboozled. Until Michael Porter Jr. hit that three. Because I was watching it, and like Kawhi was swarming, Paul George, they are forcing turnovers with Jokic and Murray. It was only when Murray and Jokic got the ball to someone else, and they had the, the gall to get up their shot, that and it went in. That, that's what really swung the game. The Clippers were ready to win that game and come back until that play happened. So I don't see them as doing that. The, the Clippers are kind of one of those teams where – uh, they play like they've been together for a really long time, and they have this arrogance about them, and they let their guard down, and that's how the Nuggets, I think, have gotten them, uh, the two games that they've won. So I, I see the Clippers as like, all right, okay, business time. We're putting on our suit. We're going to make sure Kawhi's fully charged, and Paul George, uh, you're going to ice that shoulder. We're going to go out and win this game. Yeah, Paul George and the, the ever-damaged shoulder. You know how... I said you could see the cojones of Michael Porter Jr. from space. You can also see the many thousands of ice packs from space that the Paul George has. The ice packs are getting comically big at times. Yeah. I mean, you bring this upon yourself, and you give yourself a nickname. Yeah, you do. Uh, I, I was in L.A. last weekend. That's one of the reasons we haven't recorded, is because I've been traveling and sick, whatever. Uh, so I was in L.A., and I looked down from the plane... And I thought I saw Paul George because I just saw a man carrying about 17 ice packs. But then I remembered he was in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, that was Paul George's ice pack manager back in LA, though. Yeah, he was like, all right, I got your specialty, I got your specialty ice packs, Paul George. Well, that's the thing. I'm Paul sending them to Orlando. He needs to, he needs to rotate. We've got to keep them in rotation. <laughs> They're in special cryo freezers like Ted Williams had. Yes. Um, in case you didn't know about that, Ted Williams. Uh, MLB Hall of Famer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. His head's frozen in a jar in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, like one of the heads from Futurama. That's real. Not making that up. Um, and I think that's a good enough way to transition into our commercial break. All right. This commercial break is brought to you by Ted Williams' Frozen Head. I know exactly what you need in your life. 
or practice squad. So give us a follow on Instagram at practice underscore squad underscore podcasts. Our posts are phenomenal. Our stories probably even better and our hairlines undefeated. Again, that's practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Check it out and give us a follow. Squad out. All right, back we are. And I don't know if y'all notice this or not, but the NFL is coming back. Somehow they did it. They, well, well, we're going to leave that at somehow for now. Uh, during the game, they had a list of the only five positive COVID tests, and I'm going to go ahead and say no. Well, here, here's the thing about the whole COVID test situation. Uh, the NFL will cut you for any reason. If you're on a team and you jaywalk, you're cut, unless you're really talented. I was going to say, Tyreek Hill begs to differ. Oh, yeah. So talent, in the end, will get you a lot of different chances in the NFL. But unless one of these star players get COVID, you're not really going to see a drop off in quality because a lot of the, there's so many people on an NFL team that if any of these lower roster guys they get COVID, they're gonna they're gonna be out of a job. So I, I think that is a pretty big incentive for for players to play and for them to to be cautious. Well, we did see a game. We saw face masks on the sideline, including a fantastic face mask that I'm assuming was homemade by Andy Reid. Um, so what Andy Reid did is he just took, uh, what is it, steak and shake? Is that what he has Yeah, in his house? Yeah, it's a steak and shake. Yeah, so he took the plexiglass from the the playground at the steak and shake, for the because they're not using it right now, and he just turned that into a mask. He did like a squeegee by halftime, just all fogged up in there. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Uh, the game went about how everybody was expecting it. Deshaun Watson trying his best to win the game, despite Tex- the Houston Texans trading away every single asset that he had available, except for Laramie Tunsa, who's still there and still not doing that great of a job on the offensive line. He apparently does. He led the league in penalties last year, and uh, was it Chris Collinsworth? He's like, wow, there was an offensive holding penalty on the oh, O-line. as soon as a flag came out, he just said Laramie Tunzel's name, and then it was, it was Titus Howard, and he's like, oh, it was Titus Howard, huh. Like, like he said, like, huh, afterwards, like, really? Weird. Somebody else. Uh, we, talk, we talked about Bill O'Brien somehow learning the word shade. That, that, that was, was interesting. Shade. That was an interesting moment in the game, too. I think, what, what's her name? Michelle Tafoya was on the sideline talking about it. She's like, in my interview with Bill O'Brien, he said he wanted to make sure that it didn't seem like any of the players were throwing shade on the national anthem. I'm like, what in the world? Bill O'Brien did not say throwing shade. About the national anthem, too. Yeah, Bill O'Brien didn't say throwing shade. That didn't happen. Um, as for the actual game, uh, guess what? The Chiefs offense still really, really good. It's like their one position where they had just kind of done the, the plug-and-play with the Band-Aid. Was running back, and then they have that fix with Clyde Edwards Alaire. I always want to say Eclair. That's fine. You can call him Eclair. Yeah, because he's his play is delicious and tasty, just like an Eclair. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know about his play being delicious. It's delicious for my eyes to watch him he had bounce like, off. He had of like dudes. 72 rushing yards. No, he had 138 scrimmage okay. yards. Oh, whatever. So, yeah, so I'm still not saying it's delicious. Um, David Johnson, though, 
looked sort of almost maybe kind of not still not at all worth the trade for DeAndre Hopkins um which is amazing he had a touchdown in the first quarter and uh Al Michaels like well Texans fans I bet you feel good about that trade now don't you it's like he has 31 yards in a touchdown well you traded away the second best receiver in the NFL maybe the second best receiver in the NFL for a running back who hadn't done anything in five years well, that's actually what they said. They said that 21-yard rushing touchdown was his longest r- touchdown run in five years. Yep. Hashtag Bill O'Brien. Hashtag Bill O'Brien. <laughs> you can pay Deshaun Watson as much money as you want. He needs people around him. Yeah, he does. And uh, Laramie Tunsil, cool. Uh, not having Jadavion Clowney, bad. Not having DeAndre Hopkins, very, very bad. I mean, like, look at the receivers that the Texans have. They have Kenny Stills. They have Randall Cobb, and they Randall have Randall Cobb, who was in for like four total plays on Thursday night. Yep, and they have uh, Brandon Cooks. You All forgot of... about Mr. Glass, Will Fuller. Oh, I didn't even mention him because he probably won't play next game because we found out that he sprained his knee or something. Um, but those three guys, those would have been great guys to have like three or four years ago. Yeah. yeah the Texans just a little bit behind on the times. Yeah, they are. And it stinks because they had talent, and their problem is always having a quarterback. And then they have a quarterback, all their talent leaves. So, <laughs> you can't win as a Texan fan. You just can't. That's what they get for naming themselves the Texans. Yep. I like the team, but it's the worst name in professional sports. Very generic. Even Even the Washington football team is less generic than the Houston Texans. The Oilers was right there. It was. Yeah. Drop the ball. Yeah, drop the ball. Just like David Johnson. Soon. He's a fumbler. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes then. Should we do a Patrick Mahomes post-game interview? Yeah. Hey, Patrick Mahomes, since last time we What's talked. <laughs> you're making now half a billion dollars. I thought it was so much. Right. So what are you going to do with all that money, Patty? Ketchup. Just gonna do blow half a billion dollars in ketchup, or are you actually gonna get into the ketchup business? Well, I'm gonna make my own ketchup. Go right there, make some ketchup, make some money, play some football, go to Texas. I'm from Texas. I like Texas. Maybe start a baseball team. You know, it'd be fun. It's great. It's nice to have a lot of money. I love Kansas City. I love barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's get cut back to the ketchup game a little bit. So. Nah. We don't want to talk more about your ketchup business? Nah, we're done with the ketchup. I mean, you know me. I say, yeah, not Heinz. Hunts, whatever. Some of those stuff in the packages from from McDonald's. I like that, too. Yeah. Have you tried the Travis Scott meal at McDonald's yet? Mm -mm. It's pretty delicious, let me Mm -mm. tell you. And you got to make sure you dip those fries in barbecue sauce. I'm actually starting to hurt my voice. I don't know about dipping no fries in no barbecue sauce, though. I tell you that here in Kansas City, we don't put no barbecue sauce on the fries. See, now, Cactus Jack would beg to differ. Hey, Coach Reed, beg to differ as well. You know, I'm just having this picture in my mind now of Andy Reed and Travis Scott in a McDonald's. And Travis Scott is trying his best to convince Andy Reed to dip his French fries in barbecue sauce. There is not a condiment mix that Andy Reid has not tried with french fries, first of all. Let's go ahead and 
Let's go ahead and dip that in the bud right there, man. I know, I know it's a little bit cliche to make an Andy Reid likes food joke, but, I mean, y'all, Andy Reid likes food. <laughs> I can see Travis Scott say, like, tell him to do that, and he's like, Travis, I've been doing that since before you were born. <laughs> During the game, they mentioned at one point Andy Reid's love of pancakes and his love of burgers. Andy Reid's such a good During the game. Like, like, like during a media time, I was like, man, that dude sure loves pancakes. Which is like, does he have pancakes on the sideline? What, do you, what is going on down there? They have a McGriddle. Oh, so that would be awesome. And a little heater for him. Next to, like, there's, like, all the Gatorade set up and everything. There's flapjacks. Yeah. Or, like, how Trump did that fast food platter for the Clemson team. Oh, God. National Championship. It's kind of like that, but on a much smaller scale. <laughs> uh, well, the NFL's back. Yes. So, no fans in the stands for most games, no. which, it just feels weird. It still feels weird. Even watching the NBA bubble, it still feels weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, they show past highlights, and there's the crowd there, and everyone's jumping on each other. And it's like, man, 2019 wasn't that bad in hindsight, was it? Also, everybody, uh, feel free to watch the San Francisco 49ers game this week, and wait till you see the dystopian hellhole that that looks like. It's like they're playing the game through a sepia filter. It's pretty amazing. I'm surprised they're actually going to be able to play it there, first off, because the air quality is so bad. I saw some... This metric, which I had no understanding for. They were like, well, we measured the air at a 63. As long as it doesn't get to 200, we're fine. I'm like, I need some sort of... What? Yeah. <laughs> 63 what? 63 parts per million of uh, burning plastic and cars. Okay, so as long as they're under 200. Cool. Great. Good to know. Yep. So, good luck. I mean... Man, those fires up there are nuts. Jimmy Garoppolo going to be Jimmy Cacopolo. Cacopolo. <laughs> and Kyler Murray's going to be Kylo. Get in the hurry. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he killed that one. Um, also, he called him Kylo. <laughs> Which he's not. Damn. Yeah. I'm going to edit all that out. Well, you kind of have to or Disney will come for us. Yeah, they will. Not allowed to say Kylo. No. Nope. They own that name. They do own it. I can't even name my kid Kylo without paying Disney. You can't. Maybe leave it in. Who cares? Yeah, maybe I will. Because that was pretty funny. If we get a cease and desist letter from Disney, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like a cease and desist letter from Disney. It's like, you know what, Disney? I'm going to name my kid Kylo, and then I'm going to name my dog Chewy. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can find me all day. That's going to be their names. Well, you heard it here first. Um, all right, now, something we haven't done in a little while that I want to touch on briefly. Uh, every once in a while, we'll talk about somebody in the media who does or says something that is just completely and totally stupid. Yeah. And this week's idiot is none. somebody you may have heard of on a little network called Fox Sports. His name is Skip Bayless. Do you want to tell him what Skip Bayless did, Easy? Yeah, he said he didn't have any sympathy for Dak Prescott getting therapy about his anxiety. It was worse than that. He basically called out and said that Dak Prescott wasn't fit to lead a football team because of it. Which just fantastic level of ignorance there what what is skip bayless's end game though every time he opens his mouth he says something stupider and i cannot figure out for the life of me one how he still has a job and two 
why people let him talk. Like, why do people let him talk? He's an agitator. That, that, that's what he does. He's paid to go on TV and be a dick. He serves no purpose. He's a dinosaur, and it. Fox, if you're going to fire him, now would be the time. Yeah. Or at least uh, suspend him for a couple weeks because. Don't suspend him. Don't suspend him. I said at the least. Fire him. I don't care. Say I'm a part of cancel culture if you want. Hashtag fire Skip Bayless. And you know what? Fire him not just because of this. Fire him because he's genuinely bad at his job. How about that? That's a lot more reasonable. I mean, if I was as bad at my job as he is at his, I think I'd be fired. Yes. So, yeah, fire Skip Bayless. Yeah, get some better quality voices out there into the conversation. Because that Indisputed show, it's watched by a lot of people. For some reason. For some reason. And uh, they are opinion movers and shakers. And we need people to have that kind of platform that are going to be supportive of people uh, seeking healthy support. And Dak, we support you here at the practice squad. We're proud of you. takes courage to not only do it, but to admit it. And that's dope. Yeah, and that's why you're a good leader is because when you have humility and you're willing to be open with other people and be transparent, that builds trust. That doesn't break down walls. That builds, or that doesn't build walls. That breaks down walls. That's what I'm trying to say. So uh, that's part of the reason why I told my girlfriend to, to draft you as her as her fantasy quarterback. She's playing me this week, so I hope you have a good game and she beats me. All right. Where do you want to go next? So there's a couple things we need to talk about. Uh, Drew Brees is playing Tom Brady. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's the first game. That's the primetime game. Combined age of the starting quarterbacks is 85. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty incredible to think about. So – uh, real quick, so here's some starting quarterback names I'm going to throw out at you, okay? And you got to tell me one that's going to suck this year. All right? Ben Roethlisberger. Phillip Rivers. Oh, my gosh. Tom Brady. Drew Brees. Phillip Rivers. What are you Phillip, talking about? Phillip Rivers. All right. Phillip Rivers is so washed. Phillip Rivers is just trying to – he just stayed in the league as long as he can to put all 32 of his children through college. <laughs> Yeah, they don't believe in protection. Uh, um, so he, here's where I'm seeing the Phil, <laughs> the Phil Rivers path going. Uh, I'm seeing Phil Rivers. He It's like week three. He throws three picks. Colts lose. And then Jacoby Brissett is just chilling on the sideline, just giving a thumbs up. Like, cool. Like, great. Bench to get. Still here. Man, put some respect on it, man. They were going to make the playoffs before he and every other player on that team got hurt. Jacoby Brissett deserves some respect, but, you know. Why do that when you could sign a 37-year-old from Tennessee who doesn't quite know what's going on anymore? No. I think he's from Tennessee. I don't know where he's from. He's a very fiery person. Uh, so I think Jacoby Brissett is better. Right, I'm fired up. Fired up about not having enough kids. Replenish or populate. That's what we're here for. Is I still playing San Diego? No. Oh, thank God. Yeah. It's on fire. Yeah, no more commuting. Remember when you were commuting to LA from San Diego? I don't. I've had so in your many giant concussions. Van. <laughs> I named one of my children concussion. And I thought I was filling out a, a medical intake form. It was a birth certificate. He goes by concuss. Go Texans. Go Texans. Go up, baby. Uh, Colts now. Go Baltimore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You grew up watching the Baltimore Colts, didn't you? Uh, so with that... Uh, here are the starting quarterbacks in the league that Jacoby Brissett is better than. 
Tyrod Taylor. Oh, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know what's going on there. I know. They're, they're just putting there to as a placeholder for Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he... Which, also, uh... I know. <laughs> who's running? Who's the I captain know. of that second ship? My God. Yeah. Uh, um, he's better than uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah. So he's backing up. Better than Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Probably. And I almost want to say... Gardner Minshew is just the state mascot for... Well, Jacksonville. But also Florida, if we're being honest. Yeah. I would rather have Jacoby Brissett than... This is going to make some people upset. Uh, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, too. I like Baker, but... Yeah. Win some games, and then maybe we could talk. He's really talented. I just said I like him. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't arguing yeah. for him. Yeah. I like Jacoby Brissett better than all those guys. Really athletic, really smart with the ball, and I think he can really lead a football team. Yeah. You like him better than the spooky the spooky Sam Darnold? Yes. Ooh. Seeing ghosts, babe. For real. Yeah. So, all right. So, that that's that. Final thing I want to talk about when we wrap up with this. Uh, what do you see Joe Burrow doing? I've been thinking about that, and part of me sees him winning Rookie of the Year, and part of me sees him having a middling, decent season, but because of the hype, getting called a bust. I don't see him being a bust. I see him having, like, a decent season for a rookie. I think the ceiling is pretty high for what he could do, but there's so much hype behind him. With everything they yeah. did to LSU last year, obviously. I think that if he doesn't go big, he's going to be called a bust. Which isn't fair, but it'll happen. Yeah, so he, here, here's the case against Joe Burrow. He plays in one of the toughest divisions. Tiny hands. Tiny hands. He plays for one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. Yeah. He's going to play the Ravens twice, and he's going to play the Steelers twice, and he's going to play the Browns defense twice, which is, I mean, they got Miles Garrett. He might hit you in the head with the helmet. You don't know what he's going to do. Actually, they said if he's allowed to play yet. Yeah, he, he's going to okay. play. Okay. So, the last thing I heard, he was still indefinitely suspended. <laughs> he's he's going to play. He's too famous and number one pick and everything. Um, and, I mean, if you had the chance to hit Mason Rudolph with a blunt object, would you do it? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's got kind of a punchable face. But, uh. Why are you defending Miles Garrett on this? Say it, man. It wasn't cool what he did. No, Move wasn't. on. All right, anyways, so, um, yeah, and uh, the Browns actually have a competent head coach now. So I, th- there's a lot of things stacked against Joe Burrow, but here's the thing he's counting for him. Uh, he's going – so a lot of quarterbacks that get drafted number one overall, they have really bad skill position players when they start out. Not the case. Not the case with Joe Burrow. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and he's got uh, the very problematic but very talented Mixon. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that he's got going for him is that their defense is terrible. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And their first-round pick from last year, Jonah Williams, is coming back. And then they've spent some money to, to upgrade their offensive line. And they had injuries there last season, too. So I could potentially see Joe Burrow throwing over – 20 touchdowns, winning rookie of the year, and the Bengals finishing like 5 and 11 or 4 and 12. I don't think a 4 and 12 season gets you rookie of the year though. I think you need more than stats to win rookie of the year. Uh, Baker Mayfield won rookie of the year and they went I think 5 and 11. 
or five ten and one. And Kyler Murray won it last year, and the Cardinals went four one and eleven. Mm, okay. So you throw touchdowns and you're a quarterback, you're per, you're pretty much a lock. All right. So I, I'm seeing that is the case for Drew Burrow. He's also 25, which I mean can count against him and can't count can count for him uh, because that means that he's mature. He's playing around grown men. The age discrepancy isn't as large for him. Because Kyler Murray, he came in, he was about 21 years old, and he's playing Larry Fitzgerald, who was 38. Also, to uh, to put in perspective the age, Joe Burrow being 25, what that is, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes both have not turned 25 yet. Yeah. As of the recording of this podcast, neither one of them has turned 25 yet. They both will turn 25 within a week from now. But, yeah, they're both still 24. Which is insane. It makes me feel like a dinosaur. But that just puts perspective how old 25 is in the NFL. Yes. Especially to be entering. Yes. Shout out to Brandon Whedon. <laughs> All right. So uh, that those are my NFL questions. Uh, you got anything else to add, Joe? Um, we'll give it a week. We're going to watch week one, and then we'll come back with uh, some more predictions for the rest of the season. Um. As for right now, I just want to ask you, do you think the Patriots win more than 12 games? Yes. The Patriots? Yes. Okay. How about Tampa? Yes. Hey, you think they're both winning more than 12 games? Yep. All right. So, Carolina's going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you can't forget that uh, Patriots get to play the Jets twice. So I'm just chalking up two wins there because Adam Gase is a terrible coach. You can say four wins because they're going to beat the Dolphins twice too. Brian Flores is a pretty good coach, they and the they've Dolphins invested twice. in They'll probably beat the Dolphins twice. But Bill Belichick always has problems with the Dolphins. I would probably put them to beat Buffalo twice more than I'd put them to beat the Dolphins twice for some reason. The Patriots lose to the Dolphins every year, I promise. Uh, so there's at least five wins there. And then Cam Newton's coming back. He's never had this much time off. To rehab his body and he's, he's playing with the Patriots man they have one of the best offensive lines in the league and they make the most with less all right and next uh, one last question for you who's your surprise rookie of the year if I was gonna pick a surprise rookie of the year hmm offensive rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year neither are okay just uh, a surprising rookie performance not necessarily they will win rookie of the year but like a rookie that is going to shock people Okay, so, I mean, you already saw it from Clyde Edwards Eclair. He was everyone's favorite pick going into it because he's going to the explosive offense. Uh, you can chalk him up probably down over 1,000 yards. He was a first-rounder, man. That's he was. not a surprise. So, the other one that I would say is Isaiah Simmons. And usually you don't see uh, someone who plays in the secondary being a defensive rookie of the year. But he's coming out of Clemson. He's playing for the Cardinals team that has a chance to make some noise this year. And he could potentially win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, I can see it. Uh, my pick is A.J. Dillon with the Packers. All right, make the case. The Packers' run game has been super weird the last few seasons. They cannot pick a running back to stick with. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is getting older and worse. Packers fan and NFL commenters need to deal with it. Yeah, they do. He's no longer a god like he was a few years ago. Nope. He's definitely mortal. So, the Packers are going to be running the ball a lot. 
and it's going to take a few weeks, but A.J. Dillon's going to be a big part of that rotation, I believe. If he leaves Aaron Jones, uh, I, that, I could see that happening because Aaron Jones led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah, he led the league in rushing touchdowns, but those were a lot of red zone touchdowns. Yes. I don't see him as – I don't think Aaron Jones is as good as his stats were last year. Yeah, that, that's why I'm saying if A.J. Dillon leapfrogs him in the depth chart, I could definitely see that happening just because of the way the Packers are built to, to win right now. All right. So uh, any other comments on that? No. Right now I think we're good to end the episode. Like I said, we'll come back with more predictions for the season next week. Yep. We'll have our uh, winner of the week, and we'll have our honorary Nathan Peterman trash can. The Nate, Peterson, Nate Peterman dumpster fire of the week award. Yes. So we'll have the winner and the dumpster fire coming up next week. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace.